following is a presentation of Artisan Church in Rochester, New York. We've been studying the book of John here at Artisan for a few weeks. And uh, I love when we have been spending time in John. I'm, I find myself blessed and renewed by studying that particular book of the Bible with all of you and sharing with all of you um, from it. Today we're going to take a little bit of a different turn, um, and I have a, a sermon that was prepared for today, which I'll just probably give next week, um, <laughs> which means, uh, you know, anybody want to go to lunch this week? Um, no. No. <laughs> um, but I want to read you the text today because I think it actually works pretty well for what we are going to talk about. And so if you would like to follow along, you could use one of these red Bibles and turn to page 878 for John 15, 18. Um, I was raised in the church. Uh, as most of you know, I, I was raised in a part of the church that uh, I have great love and affection for. Um, despite the fact that it, maybe I wouldn't fit in super well in that part of the church anymore. Um, one of the things that we heard a lot about was the world. And the, uh, the, the word worldly was one of the most disparaging things you could say. Right? You listen to worldly music. Um, you go to a dance club and that's, that's being in the world. Actually, that's worse than being in the world because you're supposed to be in the world. You're just not supposed to be of the world, whatever that means. I think it just means like, I don't like that you do that thing. And so that counts as of the world. All this good stuff is, counts as in the world. <laughs> and I think that perhaps uh, some of that mentality came from this text as well as from uh, Jesus' prayer for his disciples, which happens a, a couple chapters later in John 17. Let me read this to you, and maybe you'll see if this makes sense to you. If the world hates you, be aware that it hated me before it hated you. This is Jesus speaking to his disciples, by the way. If you belong to the world, the world would love you as its own, because you do not belong to the world. But I've chosen you out of the world, therefore the world hates you. Remember the word that I said to you. Servants are not greater than their master. If they persecuted me, they will persecute you. If they kept my word, they will keep yours also. But they will do all these things to you on account of my name, because they do not know him who sent me. If I had not come and spoken to them, they would not have sin. But now they have no excuse for their sin. Whoever hates me hates my father also. If I had not done among them the works that no one else did, they would not have sin. But now they have seen and hated both me and my father. It was to fulfill the word that is written in their law. They hated me without a cause. So I think some of this um, confrontational attitude that we sometimes find in the church toward what's outside the church, which kind of de facto is what we mean when we say the world, comes from things like this. Actual words of Jesus, which we ought to hear and obey and allow to be the guide to our life, 
which maybe are misapplied. By the way, that in the world and of the world thing, let me give you a clue. In the Greek, you might have said in verse 19, if you were of the world, the world would love you as its own because the preposition of is a way of denoting possession, possessiveness grammatically in Greek, just as it is in French and Spanish and some other things. So to say that you are of the world means that you are owned by, possessed by, that you belong to the world. And here in chapter 15, that's how it's translated. By the way, when we get to chapter 17, Jesus is praying for his disciples, says essentially the same thing, and almost every translation I've ever seen uses the phrasing of, I pray that they would be in the world but not of the world. And what he's saying, in my opinion, is that they would be in the world but not belong to it. Now, that may not be uh, any more illuminating to you without some more discussion than the, the phrase of the world, but I think that's what's going on there. At any rate, the point is this. We sometimes in the church have trained ourselves for battle against the world. The word, the world, which is cosmos in Greek, appears in this book, not this Bible, but the, the book of John that we're studying, 58 times. And if you want to do some pre-sermon hearing study this week, because I am going to preach that sermon next week, you could go to any online Bible and search for the word, the world, and then restrict your search just to the Gospel of John and see for yourselves what the overarching view of the world is in John's Gospel. I'll give you a hint. It's overwhelmingly positive. You might have heard the, the, the verse John 3.16, For God so loved the world. And it just goes on and on and on <laughs> throughout the Gospel of John. And you get to hear, and suddenly there's this tension. Yes, it's there. Yes, there is persecution, but we must not allow texts like this one to, um, to strengthen and give extra voice to that very human tendency to draw lines, to build walls, to consider people uh, different from us um, as the source of our problems, and so on and so on and so on. You know, here's the thing about the Christian church. Uh, our unity comes from our faith in Jesus Christ. Uh, not from having the same convictions about every controversy that might arise among us. And when we come to this table together, which we do every single week because we need this reminder every single week, what we do is come uh, at the invitation of Jesus, which he offers to each of us and to all of us. And so we're going to take communion as we uh, sing another couple of songs together. Um, and maybe the band can start to make their way up now. Um, our table is open, meaning that you don't need to be a member of our church to participate. You simply have to be a member of God's family through faith in Jesus Christ. And uh, we, we do this um, by intention, which means we take the bread and dip it in the cups and take it all at once right here at the table. I invite you to come and receive the body and blood of the Savior. And as you do, to remember that you partake of this sacrament right next to somebody who has a different life experience, a different set of needs, a different um, constellation of opinions, <laughs> a different view on how to interpret the Bible on at least one topic from you. And yet, 
your presence together at this table unites you in the body of Christ. And that's the beauty of it. And that's why we do it every week. And it's my prayer that that would not just be theoretical, but that that would be real. That it would be real that we are united in the body of Christ at this table. So come, if you will. The table's open. For more information, visit us at artisanchurch.com. 